0: Welcome to episode 38 of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is no one. I have decided to do this week's episode solo uh, to explain where that idea came from. I didn't, uh, some people will know. I didn't even ask anyone to do the show with me. I was listening to... Uh, social suplexes, how we got here episode. It was James Boyd, Rich Latta, uh, the young boy Josh, and uh, Jeremy Donovan for keeping the strong style. So it was One Nation uh, radio and keeping the strong style together. And they were talking about doing the show. And James at one point just got really, really tired of WWE and he stopped doing One Nation radio. And Rich did it by himself. And Rich uh, took that moment and he said. Doing the show by himself actually forced him to be a better content provider. I listened to that, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I am going to try that one week. Uh, So uh, Tiffany's birthday is this week. Uh, I'm actually recording Sunday morning, December 1st. Happy birthday, All Elite Tiffany. So she has this week off. Uh, we are recording schedules are back together. So the next time she's scheduled to record, which is two weeks from this week, she'll be on. So I was like, we had this rare opportunity. There wasn't a whole bunch of news this week. So I was like, I'm just going to do this show uh, by myself. Hopefully you all can bear with me as I go through this. Uh, I am going to like record sections and take little pauses, but I always let you know when that's happening. It's just like, like I said, I'm always trying to improve what I do. I'm always trying to produce the, uh, the content that I create, uh, how it sounds, how everything is done. So I felt like Rich, like it helped him grow in it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try it myself. I would like to start this episode like I start off all episodes by reminding you of this episode of all things Lead is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. So, as I stated, there isn't a lot of news this week uh it's we're just, I'm just going through the basics uh because of the holidays, there was no t v ratings there was uh which is sometimes a big part of what uh we talk about. There wasn't a lot of huge controversies, so I'll get that at from Dynamite. There was a couple small uh commentary controversies uh but uh the big news of this week. Uh, it actually happened on Tuesday, so I am gonna go out uh, or uh, go out of a little order, just so I can uh, talk about this first. Then I'm gonna recap BTE, uh, AEW Dark. Dynamite and as we're going to end the show talking about next week's Dynamite like it shouldn't be that long a show because I don't really have anyone to bounce it off of so I look forward I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this I hope you enjoy the rest of this so the big story of the week is Kylie Rae. Uh on Tuesday November 24th she posted this post from Instagram and I'm going to read it for you it says I don't know how to start this and I can't speak on others' behalves. I can only speak for myself and what's in my heart. I don't know many rumors and I honestly try to stay away from everything, obviously. But here... Nobody made me leave. AEW took my career to new levels. Now I'm beyond grateful for every opportunity and experience that has come along the way and wish nothing but the best. It's a great group of people who truly love wrestling and just want everyone to succeed. I've always tried to be a good person, but I make many mistakes along the way. I needed to get my mind, body, and soul right with God. I wish I had the answers, but the truth is, or truth I don't. We all go through obstacles in life. We may want all the answers, but we don't need them. It's God's plan, and he has shown me what's truly important in life, and to find a blessing in every moment, because in the blink of an eye, everything can be gone. So instead of bashing, let's just love one another and appreciate what we have, or something like that. Sorry, I'm awkward. So that is her statement. Uh, I've heard... Statement saying this vindicates AEW that they didn't do anything wrong. And this is obviously them. This is obvious now that and it's sad that she had to come out and say that they didn't do anything wrong. I get from this statement that something happened. I don't know if it's AEW's fault or her fault. But something happened and she needed to step away. It's her business. But she wanted everyone to know. She felt it was need to make the statement that Brandy Rhodes didn't force her away or anything like that. But like I said, this statement goes for me out of its way not to say anything. It doesn't say anything. I saw a comment that said it is a sad state of affairs that someone has to put a message out saying nothing happened. And I'm like, it really doesn't say nothing happened. It said no one made her leave. I mean, there could have been an incident that made her want to leave. There could have been an incident. You know, I don't think there was. Uh, but she left. She apparently can't talk about it. But she wanted to do the best her can so people would stop asking her about it. So it looks like this statement was basically, you know what? I'm not talking about it anymore. Leave me alone. And I can understand that. I Would I like to know the whole story? No. No. I don't really need to. I know that's weird for people to say because you like the fans want to know everything. I don't need to know how my food's prepared. You know what I mean? And you know, and I I relate wrestling to food a lot because everyone has different taste and thinks you know. And you got your cooks in the back doing their thing, and it's just like with wrestling. I like to sometimes say I don't want to stand back in the kitchen. And know what's cooking. I come to the restaurant. Because I just want the food to be done. And brought to me. I don't need to know how it is. But with wrestling fandom. That's not how it works. They want to know every decision. That was made. To get to what we see on front. And then when, it, when we get it. We're going to complain about it. Or not um, we are. But certain people are going to complain about it. This with Kylie Ray. You know what? People leave jobs every day. I work overnight, so I don't see most of the people I work with. I work with about 200 people. And, you know, people leave and come all sorts of ways, and I never know how it happens. And it doesn't keep me awake. Kylie Ray doesn't wrestle for AEW anymore. I actually bought one of her shirts. When they were, doing the, uh, when they were announcing the rosters, I decided she was going to be the person I followed i'd seen her a couple times on the indies i liked how she wrestled and i was like yeah i'm behind kylie ray so i bought her shirt i met her uh at double or nothing even had her sign my little my infamous turnbuckle pad with the whole roster on it i did you know i did all the things i was going to root for her and then she wasn't on fight for the fallen Or, what was it, Fighter Fest? And then she wasn't on Fight for the Fallen? And it it was just like she was just gone. And you know what? She's gone. I wish her the best on her future endeavors. And this is not like a WWE thing or a WWE desk. I really do wish her the best on her future endeavors. She's working Indies. If she's working the Indies during WrestleMania when she's in Tampa, I will definitely be there to see her. I will definitely see her in the show. I've been making the joke that she owes me $30 because... The first AEW shirts all had the AEW logo on it. So she was the first women's shirt I bought with the AEW logo on the shirt. And I was like, well, the shirt is kind of useless now because she doesn't wrestle for AEW. And I made the joke that I don't forgive her until she gives me my $30 back. It is very much a joke. Uh, I don't know what she went through. I, you know, I think it's her business. Uh, I don't know. I've heard rumors of mental breakdown you know, just not getting along with the uh, crew or whatever, not being, you know, maybe they came up with some ideas for her character that she didn't like. There is so much speculation out there that all I know is she doesn't work for AEW anymore. So as a person that talks on the AEW podcast for the most part she's not relevant to me anymore until more news comes out. Now, if she does a sit down with Jericho or a sit down on one of the podcasts and really lets us know what happens, I'll bring it up again. But I thought this should be addressed because this is could be looked at as either a positive or negative light on uh, AEW and I don't I don't dodge stuff that's not that does stuff that's negative, as you will see later on when I have to talk about the commentary from Dynamite. I'm not going to dodge what's unpopular. It's just this is neither negative or positive. I mean, literally nothing happened. I mean, she, I mean, if you read her post, she didn't say anything. All she said is no one made her leave, as in no one like asked her to leave or no one bullied her out of the situation, which. I, and honestly, the only person it seemingly vindicates is Brandy because I heard that she bullied Kaylee, Ky, uh, Kylie Ray until she left and she said no one made her leave. So I think that might be the only person it vindicates. But really, she didn't specify or say it straight out, and we may never know. But again, I'm just going to end this with this and I'm going to quit talking. I have to cut myself off because I don't have a partner here by saying. Kylie Ray, I definitely wish you the best and you know you know if you ever sh- go to show up in aew I will definitely be a fan again. All right so that's the part of, about Kylie Ray. Uh, the next thing I want to go to is our recap of being the elite being the elite came out Monday so like I said we went from Tuesday to Monday but we're gonna uh, talk to about being the elite a little recap. We had Kenny and Michael Nakazawa on the couch. Nak asked Kenny to play a game. They play Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Uh, Kenny's kind of going through his emotional thing, breakdown, losing streak. And, you know, uh, last week he decided everything started with Pac. So we were going to have the challenge for Pac on Wednesday. Well, on Tuesday, Nakamura reminds Kenny that he's the AAA champion. And Kenny decides he's going to defend said title on AEW Dark. So that sets up the match, Kenny Omega versus Jack Evans on AEW Dark. Then we go to a segment with Brandon Cutler and Nick Jackson talking about uh, recording and doing all the pre-shows and pre-tapes without Matt, who's home nursing a back injury. Uh so they say that it's just going to be a little different. Then we see uh Joey Janella in his chair getting his hair straightened by Stella K from Twitter. Uh, I mean I guess she's the uh lead like lead hair person for them. Well she's straightening his hair and uh she he's like I really like the way you straighten my hair. And as that was happening Frankie K walks up and he has all his stuff so he undoes he, uh, he opens up his bag. He uh takes out his spray, rubs it on him. He does some push-ups, takes out the little stretch muscle, you know, uh, the weight pulley. I don't know what to call it, like a pulley system. And he starts lifting. And he's like, could you say that again? And he's like, what? And he's like, could you say that again? In what part? And he's like, oh, I really like the way you do, uh, do my hair. And she's like, do you? And that was all. It was a great because it was a long setup for the do you thing uh uh it was it feels like it's replacing the case of the snickers that he had on the show for a while uh the case of the snickers went on and it was always a pretty it was a pretty good setup but he never actually got the story out so that's why that was good and now this one all he does is have to uh lift some weights or you know I don't know what the damn thing is called. I wish I did. It's like a muscle band, and he says, "Do you?" As in trying to be hardcore Holly. I still have to say that the only way this bitch should end was with Hardcore Holly in uh, the casino battle royale next year, as uh, in um, in Las Vegas. I think it's just think he has to make an appearance. Whether he wins, loses, whatever he does, you know, he has to make an appearance and go ahead face-to-face with Frankie. And they have to do the do you gimmick. Then we get Nick, and he says Matt is actually here. And he starts talking to CD like he's Matt. CD's like, we've been friends for a long time. You know I'm not Matt. And he's like, could you just pretend to be Matt this week? And he has him put on the Young Buck shirt. And he's like, I just need you to keep it on and wear it. Uh, CD's like, well, at least when Matt wears it, people buy the shirts and they get merch money. If I'm not wearing the SEC, SCU shirt, I'm not making any money. He's like, well, I'll pay you with the money. And then they do the mind freak thing, and his hat goes on top of Chris, Chris, uh, CD's head. And then he's like, that's not even the trick. He lift up the shirt, and there was a $100 bill taped to his stomach. That was hilarious. Uh, and he, he, you know, he is merch freak. And, and it was like uh, Christopher Daniels was sitting like he was doing a testimony, saying he didn't know how Matt was uh, how Nick, uh, Nick was able to do that. We then get Jimmy Havoc, and he's in a room. Looks like he's getting ready for a match, and the Stooges come to him, telling him to stop bringing the stapler. He then gets pissed and staples one of their hands, and then he does the little paper cut on, or yeah, paper cut in between the fingers on the the other one. And he's like, uh, he's like, he's never up during the day, and he just gets pissed and leaves. Nick is talking to Justin Roberts to announce him, and he asks him to announce him as a singles, and Justin Roberts just keeps going into his announcing, and he stops him. He's like, I'll give you merch, and he offers some AEW t- tank top. That doesn't work. But what finally gets him is that he says, I have this tank top for you. And it's a Golden Girls tank top. And Justin Roberts, of course, delivers the announcement when uh, Nick coming out uh, flawlessly as just announcing him as Nick Jackson. Uh, We then show Matt at home uh, watching Nick's match with the kids running around. Then we go to Marco on Jungle Boy's uh, neck on the bike. And they're riding through and he's, they're doing like this, uh, they are, they're riding through and then Scorpio's on the back and they're doing it like it's Titanic. And he was like, you, he feels like Marco kept saying, he feels like he's flying Jack. It was hilarious. Uh, I, I mean, I truly thought that was hilarious. Cause you know, three grown, three grown men, you know, doing the whole Titanic thing. Funny. Uh, then Hangman dances up to Private Party and says, did you get my email? And he says, it's private underscore party at com." And he's like, no, it's private underscore party at com." He asked them, did they want to do a bit? He's like, aren't you busy? Aren't you with the, with the elite? And he's like, that's not working out right now. And they said he needs to get back on his high horse and gets back to doing his cowboy shit. And they're trying to motivate him. And he takes he uh, takes a drink of their liquor. And, and they say, does he know that's not water? And as he's walking away, he comes back and takes their whole bottle. He's like, he's going to be the super turnt tonight. Uh, I have to say this. Private Party are, are really good wrestlers. They're very entertaining gentlemen. But they are horrible, horrible, horrible actors. And this bit only did... Enough to signify that they are horrible, horrible actors. Uh, no disrespect to them. They will get better as it gets dawn. But yeah, it was just like their their lines come off like really wooden and unbelievable. Like they just don't care. And you know, I'm not saying you got to be a great actor to be on being the elite. They could be a little bit better. Luchasaurus uh, then uh, uh, Marco and Jungle Boy are riding, and Luchasaurus takes uh. Marco off the bike and tells him that safety's first and he should always wear a seatbelt. Then they show a line from Scorpio where he tells he, that he's going to turn late champion into like bitch. And then they do the famous, like, the it's the internet gif where the black kid is just, like, looking at him and it's like Scorpio's dressed up and they have some wrestlers in the background. And they mock it and it's hilarious. And, and they don't really mock it, they just recreate it, it's not a mock Uh, so then you got the librarians cutting a promo with Brandon Cutler Santana Ortiz and and, uh, Sammy G walk in they say they're sorry for interrupting the shot they're just trying to go home, they said okay they said one more thing we lied, and then they beat up Brandon and the librarian Peter Avalon Uh, they take the camera and then kidnap Leva, it looks like next week we will be getting being the inner circle And that's it for this week's episode. Uh, This week's episode of Being the Elite. I will be right back with my review of AEW Dark. Join the Dark Order. And we're back. And now we're going to talk about AEW Dark for this week. AEW Dark from Tuesday, November 26th. There was... Uh, I I think there were four matches on this card. There were definitely four matches on this card, which is, uh, you know, they usually have been sticking with three over the first few episodes, but they went with four in order. The first match I actually thought was going to be the main event because I don't think I really knew the full card, but uh, we had Pentagon versus Trent Beretta. Now, Pentagon, as far as one of, he's one of my favorite acts in wrestling. With the whole Sierra Meadow thing and the package pile driver. He does a lot of things. He's a very charismatic wrestler. He's a former Impact World Champion. Uh, You know, he's pushed, you know, he's pretty much pushed in singles action wherever he goes. I think the first time I ever heard of him, he was in Lucha Underground. I never really watched the show, but I remember hearing his name. Well, he's going up against Trent Beretta, or just Trent as he is known in uh, AEW circles. Uh, I figured this was going to be a pretty good match, but I was like, Pentagon's going to win. They actually had a really good match. Trent uh, Trent is a very good singles wrestler, but and Pentagon hits his good stuff. He hit the package pile driver on the apron. He hit his arm break maneuver, but as he was going for the finish, Trent Beretta reversed it into his finishing maneuver which I feel bad because I don't know the name. I know it's called like the Strong Zero when they do the stomp. I don't know if that's what it's called when it's single. But he then gets to the pin over Pentagon, which I must consider an upset. But uh, it does take Trent Beretta to 1-0 and in singles competition. Uh, so he does get the win over Pentagon. Uh, that sets up a match on AEW Dynamite where the best friends will be wrestling the Lucha Bros. Then in the next segment we had undesirable to undeniable, but this time instead of it being Cody interviewing someone, they show highlights and clips of Shanna, uh, one of the uh, newest signees, uh, one of the newest signees for AEW, and Shanna was she lives in Paris and she was talking about uh, uh, she was talking about uh, how uh, Kenny Omega called her and uh, got signed. And uh, she got signed and she said she felt undesirable because someone said here cameras at you basically uh, was told by uh, an executive from another group that she was chubby and that she needed to lose weight. And, you know, Kenny called her and said, hey, you're signed. Uh, We're going to use you. And she said it was a dream come true. Uh, She she lives in Paris and they have been, you know, you know, they've been somewhat pushing her. As uh, definitely, she's definitely over, uh, they're trying to get her over in the show, but she is signed to AEW, which is very good. Uh, So we got to hear from her, and I was definitely, uh, I'm very much high on this whole idea of using Dark to help start getting some of this women division over more. So we then get Chris Statlander. Who is, you know, I've a lot of people have, uh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm just making sure I got the right people, you know. I got to make sure I got the right names. So you got to look, bear with me for a moment. I'm here with you. And it's like, so then I feel like we had, I know we had Big Swole. And Big Swole was going against Shanna in a match, and then Shanna actually ended up getting the victory over Vic Swole. So uh, that is uh, that is one of her first wins. I mean, I believe that's her first singles win in AEW. I thought the match was good. I thought it was uh, a step up. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about the women's division and it being bad. Uh, I have not said the women's division is bad. I just said it had room to grow. And they had to focus on it. Uh, it looks like the first few months, well, the first two months, has really been about getting the a tag division and the world title division over. Rio is super over. You know, Britt Baker is more over than I thought she was at the beginning. So they're doing a really good job with division. The but they are bringing in Shanna. They bring in Ariel Monroe, a.k.a. Vic Swole. Uh, oh. <laughs> now they look like they... Chris Statlander is uh, getting somewhat of a push on the show. And so it looks like they're doing everything they can to build the women's division. Uh, big slow is like, she's my new favorite. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, she hasn't had a great winning record as it is so far, but as of right now, she is definitely my favorite in the division. I love her charisma. I love her promo. I love her, how she sells like there was the super kick where she was coming through she was coming through the ropes and she got caught in the uh she got caught in the chin and how she sold that move was just like so good. So uh I definitely uh down with her. Uh, I think she's a great wrestler. Shanna ends up actually getting the victory in this match. I don't uh hold on a second. I'm actually checking right now. I know Big Swole lost. I wasn't very happy about that because you know I like Big Swole. but uh, yeah, uh, Shanna ended up getting the victory, so Big Vic Swole had to take the loss there. They then show clips from. They they then show clips from uh, Scorpio Sky and Chris Jericho, and we, you know we can go past that. Uh, what we're uh, we got another women's match, and it was funny because actually. They referred to this women's match in the last match. They was like, well, it's going to last longer than uh, K- Kong and uh, Leva Bates. So it looks like they shot Kong and Leva Bates before the other women's match. But then when they edited it, they edited it after the match. So basically uh, Excalibur told you who was going to win. Uh, of course, Kong just comes in, does like one move. Knocks out uh, Leva Bates, pins her really quick. And then uh, uh, Brandy comes in and they cut a little piece of her hair. And she was stuck in there. And it was just, of course, they're getting Kong over as a dominant monster. Uh, Last but not least, uh, we had Jack Evans versus Kenny Omega. Uh, They put on a hell of a match, AAA uh, title. Uh big thing with me is, you know, there was no doubt in my mind Kenny Omega was gonna win, which I have no problem with that. Jack Evans uh is very talented and he put uh they put on an entertainment match. I thought this was like a three and a half star match at least. I thought this was a very entertaining match. Kenny Omega gets the the definitive pin with the one wing angel, and that is a W Dark. Um yeah, I forgot who was on commentary in this show. But uh, just know, AEW Dark is one of those things. I, I just I'm going to talk about the overall arching part of that uh, show is that it can be used to get over a lot of other things. Uh, a lot of, uh, as far as the women's wrestling, I think there should be more women one-on-one women singles matches on AEW Dark. The lesser tag teams, uh people that are not booked if you want to get more of this dark order angle over you can definitely use AEW Dark for that it's must it's must watch viewing for me i have to i watch it every tuesday and it's like now it's been like 5 or 6 days so i was trying to remember exactly everything that i saw and that's on me i'm usually better better at taking notes from the show but i was uh i was a little behind you know with thanks i've been working a lot and with thanksgiving No excuses. No excuses. But, uh, yeah, this is a very entertaining episode of AEW Dark. I haven't seen a bad one yet. It's a great one-hour viewing on Tuesday night, so make sure you are catching it every week. Uh, Yeah, what is this show? It was, yeah, like, on this episode, there was only 50,000 views. 50,288 views. Got to do better. We got to do better, y'all. Got to do better on the Dark. We need more... We need more people uh, watching Dark every week. The episode 7 from Nashville was 441,000. So I'm looking at uh, YouTube right now, and it says this episode of Dark only uh, debuted 15 hours ago. So I don't know if they just, like, re-uploaded it or something like that because if it only has 50,000 views, it's like, several hundred thousand uh views yeah less than everything so i think this is wrong i think youtube i think youtube is wrong in this case well uh back to it kenny omega gets the win it sets up his match against Pac on this week's episode of dynamite but that was the episode of Dark. I will be, that was a little shorter segment, but I will be back with my thoughts on Dynamite. Join the Dark Order. And we're back to talk about the 1127 episode of AEW Dynamite. This will probably be the longest segment of this show, uh, when you think about it in segments, of course, because it's the whole show. It's the reason we show up. I'm going to be honest. I'm very upfront and very... Not super positive. This was probably my least favorite episode of AEW Dynamite. And it was really crazy because it was the first time since the first episode that I was actually off and put in front of the TV to watch the show and focus on nothing else. I was very excited about this. We went and had um, some dinner with my wife's sister out in the, the smallest town ever it's called Mod, Oklahoma. So I went out and had some dinner uh there. I'm telling you, the city of Mod looks like a horror movie, and I am not joking. When you walk in, it looks like the, uh, like the setting of the movie Wrong Turn. You go in there and you look like you don't come you're not coming back alive. I saw maybe 10 people the whole time I was there, and I only saw two people walking every house and everything looked dilapidated uh and, you know it just looked like you know no one lived there i saw about four murder sheds and if you watch horror you watch the horror movies or you watch serial uh tv shows you'll know what i'm talking about a horror shed where it's like you see the building and you don't know what it's for it's just a big ass ten building and he's like murder happens there so i go out there have some food and I'm very lucky you know to be able to go out there and we had actually had a very good time uh but the goal was when my wife asked me she asked me um are you gonna are you do you mind going out to dinner I was like I have to be home by six thirty, not 7 6 I wanted to make sure I was home for the show we get home a little early I give me a little nap and I'm like Man, I got my little paper out, my notes and I'm like ready to watch AEW Dynamite. Let's do this. Yeah, so I'm very excited. As you can tell, I'm very animated about watching AEW Dynamite and it's like so uh so when we get in, so we start and it's you see this big setup and it's Chris Jericho celebration and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so fun." Uh, and I have to say that this segment was hilarious. It started with uh, Soul Train Jones, A.K.A. Virgil, in the ring. He says he says his lines like he doesn't know what a goat is because he's no farmer. But he said Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time, so he brings him out, and he he brings him out, and he starts talking, and uh, you know, you know uh, then Sammy Guevara, uh, gives them a gift, and it's a cardboard cutout of Chris Jericho and Sammy together. Uh, the the uh, LAX, or I call them LAX, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz. They make him an honorary bariqua, and they give him some stuff that you can get from the corner store. I, I'm like, I'm not going too far in the details of this. It's hilarious. It's one of those things. You should go to YouTube and watch this segment. If you're not going to watch anything, you should definitely watch the segment. And then uh, Jake Hagar, uh, Jake Hagar, actually his dad was a gift in the box. And, you know, of course, you thought he was going to be a wrestler. Even uh, J.R. said, Abdullah, because it goes back to a gimmick where Abdullah was the gift in the box uh, back in the old WCW days. Well, uh, the gift in the box was Chris Jericho's dad who gets on the mic and runs down the Chicago Blackhawks and the city of Chicago. And then he's like, where's Jake Hager and Jake or Hagar as he calls him. Well, Jake comes back and he has a goat, an actual goat. Well, the thing with working with live animals. They don't always agree. And this goat was being stubborn and he wouldn't come. So they kind of brought the mic to him and he said, this is Chris Jared goat. And everybody got a crack out, a laugh out of that. As the segment's ending, uh, you see um, the band some band members run into the ring and attack. It was SCU, and that's how the segment ends. It goes to commercial. It comes back from the commercial, or we go straight into the next match. Uh, that match is Best Friends versus the Lucha Bros. Solid. I wouldn't even call it a solid. Like less than solid tag team match. I felt like. The Lucha Bros were I won't say phoning it in, but it didn't look like they were giving their best effort. It wasn't do they weren't doing the Lucha Bros stuff. It seemed the match just seemed short and 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 it was like the Lucha Bros were about to win and Ray Phoenix was doing his thing. Boom. Trent Beretta pins Ray Phoenix. One, two, three with his move. I'm gonna call it the strong zero again. I still didn't uh look up the actual uh name of the move, but he uh pins uh Ray Phoenix with that move. So in two consecutive weeks or from two consecutive shows on Dark, Trent Beretta has pinned uh Pentagon and then on the show he then pinned Phoenix. So they're on a bit of a streak and Lucha Bros are on a bit of uh on the schneid. They are on the snide. They are they're losing more than they're used to. So we'll see where they go from there. Uh, then uh, like immediately another match, B Priestley and Emmy Sakura that wrestled, uh, Hakura Shida and Chris Statler. This was a solid women's tag team match. I definitely would give it like three and a quarter stars. Uh, Statlander's a superstar. Uh, she, she's got the seal of approval from Tiffany who just, uh, really loves her and she thinks she's amazing. Uh, B. Priestley's one of my favorites in AEW. The match ends. B. Priestley hits Statlander with a Saito suplex. And Kura then rolls her up with a lot of cradle. And they get the pin. So uh, Shida and Statlander take the loss. Again, it was a good match. And I didn't, and it's like, it was a good match. But going back to my original criticism, and I forgot to say this. On the Jericho Celebration. If you listen to Anything anyone from AEW uh, said, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to take away from the women's match. It was a solid tag team match, but I felt like the beginning segment threw the whole show off. I understand why they had to do it. It was an elaborate setup and settings, but on multiple occasions, I heard Tony Khan and I believe Cody, and I believe like Chris Jericho said, we're not gonna start our shows with 20 minute in ring segments. They then started this show with a 20-minute in-ring segment. As hilarious the segment is, it took off the flow of the show, in my opinion. And I don't think it ever recovered from that. I felt like those, the best friends in Lucha Bros, this brings us back. And I feel like the women's match was kind of either rushed or 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 whatever, it just felt like the whole flow of the night was off, and I think it was starting with the in-ring segment. And it's just one of those things I give them the benefit of the doubt. I know they're not. They sometimes will say, "Well, you know, we're not going to do this like this, uh, like WWE. We're not going to do this." But they were so explicit so many times about not starting in with a twenty ring twenty minute in-ring segment, even though this twenty minute in-ring segment was good. Don't, I think it threw off the flow of the show. And I felt like this Chicago episode, this yearly thing where it's going to be the night before Thanksgiving, it was a built up. It's like it was going to kind of be a big show. And I don't feel like it delivered on the big showness. So I, and this is, like I said, this is an episode with Cody. In it. So you think any episode for me with Cody in it, I'm going to get on here and say, man, you know, Cody was in it. So of course it it was great. It wasn't great. It wasn't. So yeah, the next match was Cody versus Matt Nix. Matt Nix wrestles locally in Chicago. He got a huge pop. Cody much pretty much controlled this match and ended it with the figure four with Matt Nix t- tapping out. Okay, Cody gets on the mic. I'm like, "Okay, we're going to maybe get some Cody MGAF interaction." Cody says, we don't have to wait to fight, Max. We can fight right now. Well, as he's saying that, you see the floorboard kind of on the ring go, and you see someone coming out. I have no idea who this guy is, but uh, Excalibur lets me know it is the Blade. The Blade. I found out later it is uh, Ali's, uh, Ali's husband, Pepper Parks, I uh, forgot his name in Impact Wrestling. I, I I know he had a name in Impact Wrestling. I can't remember what it was right off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, so um, Pepper Parks was Pepper Parks was the Blade, and Braxton Sutter was his name in Impact. Thanks to old Google for that. So if you heard me typing, that's what I was doing. Uh, Braxton Sutter was his name in Impact Wrestling. He has aged horribly. I, I, you know, I watched Impact Wrestling at a time where he was pretty significant because they were doing that old Crazy Bride uh, gimmick, and I did not recognize him. He looks like a much older man. His hair was like balding, and I was like, I guess he was bald in Impact, and it actually does make him look younger. So that was actually uh, pretty. He looked pretty rough yeah he looked pretty rough and then uh after it and they said another bigger thicker guy came out his name was the uh butcher and i found out later on the butcher is andy williams from uh from a band uh i forgot what the i forgot what the band was called uh every T- every time i die and he's the lead singer or something the guitarist Andy Williams and he makes his appearance the thing is that this segment you know sometimes you're not you're they supposed to surprise you and you're not necessarily always supposed to know um so the thing with uh debuting people uh generally go for the shock and awe moment so the thing is no one knew who in Chicago a hotbed of your wrestling No one knew who the butcher or the blade was, except Excalibur. And I guess there was supposed to be a mystery there, but when you're watching the show, it just came off like a dud. Like, who the fuck are these two dudes? Now, I know some people said they uh, wrestle. uh, They wrestle. uh, They they wrestle on the independent scene. Uh, Beyond wrestling is where they wrestle, and I am not taking anything from them. But I wanted to, I like to come into the show just like I'm any other fan, because I am any other fan. And I don't want to go like, okay, so in the time between the show and I, I researched it, now I'm smarter than you. No, when I was watching this, I didn't know who the fuck these guys were, why the fuck they were on my TV, and why they were beating up the star of my company. Yes, I'm using these possessives. Yes, that's why I was like, who are these DeBrones? Why are they beating up Cody? Uh, and it was like, I was looking at the ring and I'm like, uh, Cody, anytime someone with a mask comes up from the side of the ring, they're probably not coming to and say hello. So I'm like, as soon as they're coming up from the ring, just go kick them in the face and then find out who they are. But that is me trying to add logic to a non-logical business. Uh, then the whole thing is like another mask guy come up there. I'm like, dude, whatever. So the third person that comes out was Allie. And she's all decked in black and has mask and these ears up, and she's the bunny. And she looks like she's gonna manage Butcher and the Blade. So she's gonna manage her husband and Andy Williams, Butcher and the Blade. They may be like a mid card tag team, and you know they're debuting. They debut by attacking Cody, who needs revenge. Maybe we get a Cody and Dustin versus Butcher and the Blade. Maybe Cody and someone else. Uh, versus Butcher butchering the blade uh when i was at uh when i was at full gear he said on december 11th in uh december 11th in garling he says he was going to tag up with C T. the uh, uh qt marshall and i was like well maybe it'll be qt marshall versus Butcher butchering the blade i don't know i look forward to seeing more from butchering the blade because since the debut I've heard a lot about how they're a good tag team and beyond and they're you know they're gonna uh bring something special to the table but like I said I didn't want to come in like you should have known who they are because I didn't know who they were my wife who was watching with me who has watched most AEW episodes was very confused and say why are these two nobodies beating up Cody so I wanted I wanted that true uh I wanted that true feeling from it no one knew who these guys were. No one cared. It was more of instead of shock and awe, it was more of who the fuck are these guys? That was the reaction. I don't really think you ever want that reaction in wrestling. Maybe I'm wrong, which I leave room for because shit, most of the people producing the show forgot more about wrestling than I know. But I thought that was a bad look. I thought that was another misstep on this show. Then we had Kenny and Pac. Great, great match, great match, uh, great like three and a half star match. It's Kenny and it's Pac. They can't put on a bad match. Uh, it ended with Kenny getting Pac with a roll up and just you know just being that one step better, one step quicker than Pac, what he need to be. And it was kind of cool because it kind of still protected Pac, uh, because he got the roll up. I hear lots of complaints of 50 50 booking. Um, when you get to When you get to the elite athletes in any sport, if you're trying to present this like a sport, uh, let's just say uh, you got the New England Patriots against uh, the, one of the better teams in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. If they play three times, you know what? It's probably going to be two to one, You because know, they are talented. So you're looking at Kenny and Pac, they're so talented that yes, their matches are gonna come down to who can maneuver the best this time. It's never gonna be like, well, just Pac's just better than Kenny and Kenny's better than Pac. Yeah, that does happen in some sports, but generally when you're that even, you're gonna come back and forth. It's not my argument for fifty fifty booking. Like I said, if it's Cody and Sean Spears, Kenny Omega, you know, Kenny Omega and uh Jimmy Havoc or something like that. This should be a definitive winner. But when you have your upper echelon people, you're going to have some you're going to have some 50-50 booking. And uh, I, and what most people don't see is that they have to book for 52 weeks. There's 52 weeks and only a certain amount of wrestlers. So, you're going to have to wrestle more than once and one guy might not beat this guy every time they wrestle. So like I said, I am not arguing for 50-50 booking. I think it's ridiculous. I think you should have a hierarchy. But I'm also not arguing for New Japan, where you know who's going to win based on how they're booked, except during G1 season. I'm So I think there's a happy medium. I'm waiting for AEW to try to find that. But Kenny Omega does get his win back. So he at that point, he would have two wins in a row, he would have beat Jack Evans. I don't know if that counts as an AEW win because the triple A belt was on the line, but he did beat Pac, who was, I believe, the number one ranked wrestler uh when he uh beat him. So uh so when we got to, that's what we got to. So we're at uh, uh Kenny and Pac. Uh Pac has then since challenged Kenny, but I'll talk about that later on the preview. Then we get the diamond Uh, The Diamond uh, Dozens main event uh, from the Battle Royal, the last two people in it, were fighting for the $45,000 Diamond Ring. So something was on the line. MJF said it should be on him and not on some hick. Hangman said he was going to do some cowboy shit. They had a decent match. MJF did some moves I hadn't seen before. So it looks like he is developing as a wrestler which he, you know, I never thought of him as a good wrestler. He's a character guy for me, but he did some okay stuff in this match. I think it was an okay match. I would give it to gentle old Gentleman's 3. Or oh, technically, I'd give it to Gentleman's two and a half. It was a match, nothing memorable from it, with a pretty predictable finish. At one point, Hangman's laying uh, on the ropes. Wardlow punches him in the face. Uh, MJF then gives him the crossroads the worst looking crossroads probably in wrestling history. But he then gets the pin, he gets the diamond, and then Diamond Dallas Page comes out to the ring, uh presents him with the ring. Diamond Dallas Page was actually wearing his WWE Hall of Fame ring, which I thought was cool. He presents him with the ring and then uh they're about to get in a fight and he uh DDP's like you don't want to get beat up by a sixty-three year old guy and there was a little pull apart there uh, I even posted from the All Things of Link account that DDP is by far the best 63-year-old looking man I've ever seen. You're Like, you're like Hogan, you know, he was still buff, you know, still buff and stuff, but he, he would walk. He'd walk like an older man, and Ric Flair would walk like an older man. DDP looks 45. I mean, how he walks, how he talks, he looks like he could— st- wrestle. He doesn't look two days older than when he was the champion of WCW. Of course, he gives all the credit to DDP. Why? It's like one of those things. I've tried it a couple times, and I never... I I think it was more of I couldn't get anyone to do it with me, but I truly think I'm going to get into DDP yoga. If he looks that good and feels that good, this dude had a broken neck and had to retire from wrestling, and he looks like 100% and i i i was in awe of how good he looked for a 63 year old guy i can honestly say yeah he looked like like he wrestled mjf and beat him and i wouldn't have had any problems with it and generally when people are that old you know it's like oh you should put the young guy over but i think ddp got a few matches in him he he looks really good Maybe taking that bumps might not, you know, be the best thing for somebody with his injury condition. But uh, I was very—I was like, the dude looks so good. I was like, dude, throw a diamond cutter! Come on, let's get that on. Then we had the main event. Uh, We had Chris Jericho versus Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. It started off kind of slow. Scorpio Sky held his own. I'm one of those things. I know they had Scorpio Sky. He rolled up to win the world title, and he rolled up Chris. He rolled up Chris Jericho to defend the title. But I would have liked Scorpio to have a more definitive finisher. So I think that would have helped with the hope spot. So he hits that. Um, he hits the uh, TKO, and then he puts him in the Dragon Sleeper, and it's just like he really hasn't finished anyone with that. So. You didn't get that excitement. The my hope spot when they kind of got me is when he did do the roll up cuz that's how he was beating people. But, you know, I had never had any thoughts that he was going to lose. Uh Chris Jericho uh wins the match with the line tamer. I don't know if they can call it the walls of Jericho. I don't I don't know if they can call it the walls of Jericho on AEW. He might call it the walls of Jericho. But uh, he wins. He taps out. Chris, uh, he taps out Scorpio Sky, and it looks like they're about to celebrate. And then coming down of the ramp from in the audience, like he used to do with the Shield, Dean Ambrose or AK. I mean, John Moxley. Why did I call him Dean Ambrose? I never even like if I'm having regular conversation i never say dean ambrose but for some reason it came out maybe it was because he was coming out the crowd john moxley comes out but he didn't come all the way down and attack chris jericho he stops about halfway through and stares at him so that is almost definitively our next program it's going to be chris jericho versus john moxley uh yeah i w- if it's going to be it i hope it's at the next pay-per-view it's definitely a main event that could you know, it's definitely a main event that could sell out a uh, sell out of AEW stadium show. Definitely. Um, but, th- yeah, overall show, I just, it flowed kind of weird. It started weird, it ended, just kind of was there. It didn't feel like a AEW Dynamite show. I did not get that overwhelming excitement to watch the show again right after. Like, I, I was like, It was still, like, an overall enjoyable show. But I would, like, if I'm giving it a letter grade, probably C plus, B minus. And maybe I'm being overly critical. I'm trying not to be. It just didn't feel like it flowed. I've heard this, you know, I've heard it. Me and Tiffany talked about it. Tiffany, the most positive person on earth, was like, man, there was just something missing about that show. And it was just like, yeah, it was like that whole excitement until next week. It's not there. You know, because, you know, I didn't know who the Butcher and the Blade was, so I wasn't excited to find out about them. I found out all this information over the week. Now I'm excited to uh, see uh, see them wrestle and see what the storyline is. And I thought about all the different ways that storyline can go. Is it Allie getting back at Brandy for cutting her hair? Is it uh just two dudes trying to make their names by attacking the biggest star. I think it's going to, I mean, it could go a lot of different ways and I'm excited to see what way it's going to go. But uh, like I said, the episode felt off and it was just like, I didn't, you know, I don't like to feel that way. It's like, that was the one thing about it. It was like, it really did have that can't wait to next week feel about it every week. So I was definitely, like I said, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. It's just, didn't hit on the same level that it normally hits. So, uh, yeah, that was this week's dynamite. Uh, like I said, it's, we'll, we'll see what happened next week. Uh, I am looking forward to where they go with Jericho and Moxley, how they start building up the different storylines for, uh, uh, storylines for whatever the next pay-per-view is Scorpio sky, uh, Scorpio sky. Now that he's done, where is that tag division going to go? There's a lot of questions that can be answered next week, so I'm looking forward to finding that out. But it's just really, it really was, like like I said, it was just not the episode, like, the week after you lost the ratings. Of course, I don't want you to shotgun anything, but you think you're going to, like, really put your best foot forward, you know, to try to recover anyone that you might lost. I don't know that they put their best foot forward. But it might not affect affected the ratings because they have a very hardcore fan base. I believe their bottom is very, you know, I believe it's very high. Their low is very high. So uh, on Monday when the ratings come out and I'll share them on the page, you'll get to see, you know, what, I mean, I think this is really, with it being a holiday, a lot of people traveling, uh, you know, I think this is going to be kind of the real floor. And you know, we we're gonna get to skip the Christmas week because, you know, um they're they're giving the wrestlers Christmas off, so there won't be a show that week. So they I feel like these next few shows have to be pretty strong to keep uh uh to keep their people in. Uh we did get the announcement that in January twenty ninth, this is after the two Bash at the beach shows on the fifteenth and the twenty second in Miami. We're going to have uh, – they they're doing a show in Cleveland, Ohio. So if you are near at or near Cleveland, Ohio, make sure you buy tickets to that show. And as I said, once you get to the show, be loud, be enthusiastic. You know, the, the, the bar has been set high for an AEW crowd. And that's the one thing that people that I get to watch it for the first time, they say, the crowd is different. So with that being said, there is a level that I need an energy. I need everyone to bring December 11th. I'll be in Garland, Texas, and I will put my money where my mouth is. If you see me on TV and you see me sitting down and you see me not paying attention, make sure you call me out on that shit because I don't plan on being that guy. So uh, that is definitely uh, that is definitely a. what we're looking forward to, but that was AEW Dynamite. I'm feeling like I'm in a groove, so I'm gonna keep going. Uh, this Friday, I believe. Uh, let's see, the 29th. I'm looking for the rankings. I'm just gonna go quickly through the rankings. The women singles number five is B Britt B Priestley with one and two. Number four is Nyla Rose two and three. Number three is Britt Baker three and two. Number two is Emi Sakura at one and one. And number one is Hakura Shida at three and one. And then we look at the, let's see, tag team division. Number five at four and four, we got Private Party. Number four at four and four, we got the Lucha Bros. Number three, at four and three, we got the Best Friends. Number two, at four and three, we got the Young Bucks. And the number one tag team contenders are proud and Powerful, a.k.a. Santana Ortiz, with their lone loss being against Private Party. Then, in the men's rankings, at five, we got MJF at two and one. Four, we got Cody at four, one and one. I will say this. I don't understand why Cody's on the list. Uh, he's explained that, you know, just like in NCAA football, you can, even though you might not be eligible for a title shot, you're still on the list, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's just a ranking system. Well, I feel like for lack, for confusion, for someone that might not be super in A&W, Cody promised that he wouldn't defi- fight for the number one, uh, fight for the title. So he should be at four. But, yeah, I mean, he should be off the list he shouldn't be on the list at all so like I think maybe MJF goes to four and then Hangman's at five but I don't think Cody should be on the list again leading Cody guy but one of the leading Cody guys but I don't think he should be on the list so five we got MJF two and one four Cody four one and one three Kenny Omega four and two Pac uh four two and one and then we had John Moxley at three zero and one as the number one contender for the AEW champions. That is your this week's rankings. The only two matches that we have as a preview. Well, I think we have. Okay, so we got more matches than I thought. So, yeah, let's start the preview for AEW Dynamite next week, uh, which will be December 4th. We're going to have uh, John Moxley versus Joey Janela in a straight singles match. Uh, when John Moxley cut a promo last week, basically saying nobody was man enough to step up to him, Joey Janela answered the challenge. And then we're going to have a six man tag team match. We're going to have Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks against Sammy Guevara, Santana, and or Ortiz. I wonder how this is going to play into being the elite or being the uh being the inner circle, because that's what this episode's going to be. So we're going to have a six-man match there. Looking forward to that. Uh, That is something I missed from the show, is Dustin was cutting an in-ring promo. Sammy Guevara, when I came down to attack, Uh, Santana Ortiz came out with Dustin, and then the Young Bucks and Dustin Rhodes. It wasn't on my rundown. I didn't even remember that part of the show. So I do apologize for that, but that's going to be on the show. I don't know if that's going to be the main event. It's got, you know, I'm thinking Moxley and uh, Janella might be the main event. We'll see. Uh, then they uh, see that they announced another match. We're going to have Phoenix versus Trent Beretta in a singles match uh, for the Champagne show. And then we're going to have Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon to kind of go in their rivalry on the Champagne show. So we got uh, we got four beautiful, four go- really good matches. This show is turning out to be good. So we got three singles matches and one six-man match. You know you're going to have a women's match on the show. They haven't announced what that is yet. But it looks like this champagne show is going to rebound quickly from what, like I said, I thought was the least uh, show. So uh, um, I, I thought was the worst show so far. And that is like on a higher scale, because I don't believe AEW's bottom is anywhere near WWE's bottom. So I don't feel like the show was unwatchable. Like I said, it just didn't give me that same energy and buzz that the show's for. But this week is going to be the 10th episode of AEW from Champaign, Illinois, uh, alma mater of uh, the owner. Uh, The owner Tony Khan. It's gonna be a match from there. So I think this match is going to be lit. The show is going to be lit. It's going to be fire. Everybody watches it. Everybody watch it. I let me see. I didn't. Someone almost gave me the spoilers for AEW Dark this week, and I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to. You know, see who won. Because I like to watch AEW Dark as it comes out. So I didn't want to see who won. So I didn't actually look and see who the AEW, what they recorded for AEW Dark this week. Because I don't know how to do it without seeing who's wrestling. But you know what? For my peeps, I am going to make sure I look. And try to see who is going to be on it next week. I don't know. Dark matches from 1127. Let's see. We can do this together. (laughs) So it's Jimmy Havoc versus Brandon Cutler. Sean Spears and Sonny Kiss, and then Proud and Powerful and Jurassic Express. I am not giving the winners of that match, but come on. You can honestly probably guess who wins each one of those matches. So we're looking forward to that, those matches this week. Uh, they're probably going to be being the Inner Circle, so make sure you watch that Monday. Dark, you have those three matches I just announced, and it looks like the Wednesday Dynamite is going to be amazing. So uh, I'm actually gonna wrap up here. I thank you. I thank everyone who decided to listen through this whole show. Once you found out Amy, Tiffany, or someone else wasn't on it, I it's right around the hour. So hopefully I didn't waste too much of your. So hopefully I didn't waste too much of your time. I definitely appreciate you keeping up with all things elite. So I will leave you with this. I uh, hope you had all had a happy Thanksgiving. Again, today, this being December 1st, is Tiffany's birthday. So go to at All Elite Tiffany and wish her a happy birthday. Uh, You'll see a little YouTube video that some of her friends made for her wishing her a happy birthday. She's a great person. So she hasn't been able to be on the show as much as she wants to. But as far as she told me, her schedule is clearing up soon, clearing up. So she will be on the show more consistently. Next week, I will have Miss Amy, uh, Miss Amy O on the show, who, the, the most positive person on social media. She'll be on the show to uh, give her thoughts on this week. Uh, but make sure you go to Twitter at A-T-Elite-Pod, AT Elite at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Follow us. That's where we post the shows. That's where the news is. That's where the giveaways come. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a giveaway fairly soon. Uh, We're going to be doing something for the social suplex. So make sure on your app that you're following, whatever app you're using, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, whatever it is, make sure you're following the whole social suplex and listen to all the shows on the show. Uh, Thank you for my. uh, Thank you for putting up with my long-windedness. And I will say, whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite. Join the Dark Order.